0: Welcome to the Shining Light Podcast. This is Pastor Sam. And Patrick, no
1: compromise with people, Wyatt.
0: And today we're going to be looking at a pretty relevant event that happened, and that is the 2019 Shepherds Conference. Specifically, though, a question and answer session that happened as it's really garnered uh, quite a bit of interest, I'd say, from the Christian world, to say the least. It
1: was well watched, I think. Yeah, a lot of people were watching to see exactly what was going to come out of that because there was a couple of different viewpoints being displayed there. So that's what made it interesting.
0: Right. Perhaps we should get the context a little bit about uh, what happened leading up to the Shepherds Conference um, to really kind of understand what, all, what, what the big deal was. Because normally the Shepherds Conference, you know, no big deal. They're all kind of on the same page and things like that. But uh, leading up to this, there was a statement that we've talked about quite a bit, often called the Dallas Statement or the Statement on Social Justice and the Gospel. And Patrick, would you tell us just a little bit about that?
1: Well, the Dallas Statement took on the very issue of social justice, and I believe there's 12 points to the Dallas Statement, where it goes line by line and basically talks about what the Dallas Statement, or what the social justice says, and what we as Christians, what our viewpoint should be, and it's pretty, pretty well in depth, and I mean, you read a, a document that size, there may not be every single thing in there that you would like, um, but overall, it was a pretty good statement. Uh, I know that I and you both signed on to it ourselves. And uh, John MacArthur signed on to it, and Phil Johnson, who works with John MacArthur, uh, they were the kind of the big names. I uh, Vody Bauckham, wasn't he sign- signatory? Um, yeah, there, he There's was, a few others, yeah. yeah
0: Vody was an original signer, I believe.
1: Yeah, so there's a few people, you know, that originally started out. And, of course, something like this, you have to have some big names to really get it rolling. And they were the big names. So, uh, But there were some notable names not on that signer uh, sign- that weren't signatory to the, the Dallas Statement. And of course, the Gospel Coalition people, there were no people from there or together for the Gospel or Nine Marks or any of the people that actually carry the banner of social justice. Obviously, they wouldn't sign on to it. Now, it was interesting. Someone would say, oh, I pretty much agree with it, which was kind of at the time shocking to me. Like, if you agree with it, why are you pushing social justice? Because this is talking about how social justice is not biblical. It is, in fact, a Marxist idea, cultural Marxism. It's been around for a while, this sort of attack on the church, attacking the church from within, starting going all the way back to the social gospel and the Fabian socialists, whom we've also talked about on this podcast. But that being the case, the, the kind of the battle lines were drawn at that point. You had the people that, that signed on said social justice is not good, and the people that are social justice warriors in the church. So there's the setting, and what happened with the Shepherds Conference, which is sponsored by John MacArthur, and uh, Phil Johnson's always there with MacArthur, is he invited... Al Moeller, uh, Leegan Duncan. Legan, I almost call him Lincoln, Leegan Duncan, and Mark Deverett, um, who were all they associate with, put their names on, and in some cases have advocated for social justice.
0: Right. And I, I think that's an important thing to, uh, to really look at. Uh, and we're not going to go in depth into these guys' histories or things like that. Uh, but one thing that I've had, I, I've really had two things that people rail kind of against this. Uh, when I had an issue with MacArthur inviting these people to the conference, uh, one of them was saying that Al Mohler, Legan Duncan, and uh, Mark Dever really aren't social justice guys. Uh, well, is it uh, is it Jonathan Lehman, the Nine Marks guy? Yeah, yeah. So, and I think we actually uh, went looked at this in a podcast. Uh, the stupid things Christian said before the the election, I think, was our. What was that podcast? Yeah, I think that was pretty uh, much it. Name and uh, but anyway, uh, Jonathan Lehman and Mark Dever were sitting there and they were were having this kind of panel discussion for Nine Marks. And Mark Dever, or, or excuse me, Jonathan Lehman comes out and starts making the equivocation, or excuse me, the uh, equivalency that um, that you can be pro-life and not be for uh, a the baby in the womb. Because as long as you're for the baby on the outside of the border, you're pro-life.
1: Yeah, yeah. He was trying to tie illegal aliens, that that issue in with abortion, which <laughs> two completely separate issues.
0: Right. And of course, uh, Al Mueller has been uh, pretty consistent in his social justice stance here recently, even having uh, very close ties to the Revoice Conference, though, uh, when those ties were uncovered by... A uh, good friend of the podcast, Thomas Littleton, he did kind of make a sideways step uh, saying that maybe he didn't like the Revoice stuff too much, but he's the one who basically gave Nate Collins a platform to begin with, and he at other times refused uh, to speak out against Revoice when directly asked. And Revoice,
1: of course, was the conference promoting homosexuality within the church. Right. which is And that is part of, of uh, social justice, part of the cultural Marxism. Social justice is an umbrella term for all these liberal causes that they try to somehow tie to the Bible and then put it forth as this is our duty as Christians to follow these Marxist, which is based on atheism ideas, which makes absolutely no sense when you understand the history of it. These people either think we don't or maybe they don't to, to a degree. But uh, Legan Duncan and Al Mohler are on the board of the Gospel Coalition. The Gospel Coalition is it for all intents and purposes a left-wing political operation masquerading as a Christian organization their job is their task was peddling satan's lies into the church these guys are board members of this social justice organization to sit there and and say that well you know maybe we we kind of like cuz they did we you know we like some of the Dallas statement blah 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 uh, no you don't now i did like um Moeller was talking along. He's going, Yeah, you know, I've I've been fighting this Marxism stuff and this incursion of liberalism to the church for 30 years. And you're going, Well, that's great. I mean, that's good that you've been doing this, if you've been doing this, but you know, that you make this claim. So you understand then, you at least have the words come out of your mouth, give me an idea that you have an understanding of what you're talking about. How then can you, with the words saying one thing, can your actions and associations say something else?
0: Right. I mean, that's a a major issue. Your actions prove what part of your doctrinal statement you really believe. And unfortunately, Al Moeller's doctrinal statement is clearly that of a cultural Marxist. And that's a a major issue. And he did used to talk on these things, like he said. But
1: who you once were, in often cases, and thank God in in my case, who I once was, I'm not now. Unfortunately, for people like Al Moeller, and Phil Johnson was talking about it, there's a slide, even the church today, even what he would call the more conservative part of the church, there's a slide to the left. And Al Mohler is is in that slide and part
0: of that slide. And and being a big name like he is, Al Mohler is helping that slide. That's right. You know, I I think of uh, Psalm chapter 1. It talks about the blessed man. And it says that the blessed man is a man who goes and he doesn't sit in the sea of scornful, nor stands the way of sinners, uh, and all that. But it also goes and it says that he meditates on God's word day and night. And therefore, he is like a tree planted by the rivers of water that shall not be moved. And so I look at that and I go, well, when you are rooted and firmly established in God's word, you're not moved. Your doctrine doesn't change. You're not like a chaff which the wind blows away. You're not blown by the, the, the coolest trend and everything like that and, and swept away in that bad doctrine. And yet we see these kind of men who maybe they were standing for what we would call truth uh, 30 years ago, which, which was truth 30 years ago. But then now they're drifting away and it's because truth was popular then and it's not popular now. Would that be a fair statement?
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and it was brought up that, you know, this has been an incremental shift. And it has been, it always has been. Satan always moves, he takes what ground he can as he can. If he can take it faster, he'll take it. If he takes it slower, that's what he'll take. But he's always moving forward. And in Christianity, the conversations today, social justice, you know, when it first reared its head as social gospel, that was finally put to bed. It was rejected ultimately, even after the modernist movement, the liberal movement hit the church. Christianity said, no, this is, even as we're drifting, we're not going to go for this. Well, now it's been resurrected. It has a new name. It's been gussied up. It's been changed a little bit, but it's still the same thing as social gospel as cultural Marxism. And in the incremental shift, the movement, you know, not being anchored is the whole problem. And what we have is we have men that are saying, well, because it was going pretty well. MacArthur steps in, he starts saying some stuff that's, and I'm going to actually get into that in a minute, some of the things he said that, that he was spot on with. But he says, I'm going to go after ideas, not necessarily after my friends. Because Moeller at one point, you should remember watching it, he got so flustered because Phil kept asking him, you know, like trying to get him to commit, well, social justice. And he says I'm, I'm just not going to answer it. And I mean, he just starts acting pretty petulant. You could tell he was pretty upset. Well, my question to Al Moeller would be, it's your position. Why would you not publicly want, if you're ashamed of it, why do you have it? If you don't want to publicly talk <laughs> about it or debate it, then that, that indicates you know there's something wrong. Because if it's biblical, why would you not take every opportunity, no matter what environment you're in, to speak biblical truth? But the fact is, he didn't want to do that. And Moeller was even at one point saying, "Well, if this is what we have to separate over, which, by the way, is what the Bible calls us to do with false teachers, is to separate our company with them." Moller was ready to do that. Moller was, and now, get this: Moeller was ready to do this, doubling down on false teaching and his false teacher friends. MacArthur steps in and so says, "I will, you know, I'll attack ideas or I'll debate ideas." but I won't attack my friends. The problem there is you're letting your friendship take priority over what the Word of God uh, the word of God says.
0: Well, if you've been enjoying what you've been listening today, this is The Shining Light Podcast, and you can find us at theshininglightministries.com, and you can follow us and subscribe to us on iTunes uh, when you type in The Shining Light Podcast. Once again, that's The Shining Light Podcast. And today we've been going and looking at uh, the Shepherds Conference, 2019 Shepherds Conference, and specifically the question and answer that came up. And we've looked at the surrounding events that came leading into the Shepherds Conference, which was, well, pretty tumultuous, to say the, the, the least. But also now, uh, Patrick has brought up something that's really interesting, and this is the actual discussion itself, where Al Muller gets a little bit upset. But before we get to Al Mohler, should we talk about Legan Duncan and what he said there? Yeah. Uh, Legan Duncan here, uh, church failure on slavery and segregation. Could you tell us a little bit about that, Patrick? Well, Legan also was, a, of course, it was a panel discussion,
1: so everybody was involved in social justice and Legan being part of the gospel coalition and having had his name associated with social justice as well. Legan decided to rather than really directly uh, face the question by, by arguing or not wanting to talk about it. He tried to divert a little bit, and he's saying, well, you know, there's many failures in the church. They got off. you know, we failed the LGBTQ community. Okay, that's a conversation I'd like to have heard more about. Just like we, the church was failure in slavery and segregation. Now, immediately that jumped out to me because if he knew his history, when you go back to slavery, at the founding of our nation, there were, the, the, even that war was going on then. When the Constitution was ratified, we had the North, which was against slavery, Christian nation, but we had people in the South that wanted to keep slavery on. So when we became a nation, slavery was abolished in the North. Abolition societies immediately popped up all over the North and even through the South because not everybody in the South is for slavery either. But there were some holders on, obviously, the slave owners and some people that were connected financially to that system were holding on to it. So that wasn't a problem of the Church failure. It was Christians that brought about the Abolition Society. It was Christians that kept pushing the movement to end slavery as the evil that it was and still is in the world today. It was the Church that was not failing. It was the Democrats, the party. Then, incidentally, the Gospel Coalition seems to think there's really not much difference between you know, voting Republican or Democrat, conservative or liberal when there's a vast difference, although I will say the Republican Party is quite corrupt, especially in leadership positions. But the Democratic Party is the party of slavery, is the party of segregation, is the party of Jim Crow, is the party of the Ku Klux Klan. Okay, and he's saying the church failed. It wasn't the church failure. The failure we're having is the same failure we have in the church today as segments of the church not being able to distinguish between liberalism and politics and what the body of Christ is and should be about. It wasn't the church that was failing on slavery. It was the church that helped precipitate the war that ended slavery and got us the Emancipation Proclamation. It was the church, that, and members of the church, that went and fought and died so that slaves could be free. It wasn't a great slave uprising that freed the slaves. It was people of the church, okay let's say it, white people, and there were blacks too, went down there and fought. They were on both sides, blacks mm-hmm. and whites fighting for the South as well, right? So your geographical locations sometimes take priority over everything. But the bottom line was it wasn't the church that fell on slavery, it was the church that ended slavery. Now, if he wants to talk about the Southern Baptist Convention, we know that the Southern Baptists separated from what would be, you know, the Northern Baptists and the others over slavery in 1845. So that's where the Southern Baptist Convention came in, is they did not want to see slavery abolished as a body of Baptist churches in the South. Were they wrong? Absolutely they were wrong. Okay, so the history of the Southern Baptist Convention is they started out on the wrong side of that issue. But that was then and this is today. So that was predominantly a Democratic South. The South is not predominantly Democrat today. It is Republican.
0: Right, and it's pretty interesting, too, that it would be and Duncan saying this about the church failing because I don't believe he is Southern Baptist. If I remember correctly, he's Presbyterian. Uh, Maybe, does that sound...
1: Yeah, and, and I'm not sure yeah. if he was talking about the Southern Baptist particularly, well, but he said the church. So when he says church to me... Right. It means the whole body of Christ, and the whole body of Christ was not united in slavery. And this is the lie that the left tries to say mm-hmm. today. If you're a Christian, you're a right-wing racist, and you're for slavery. It was the church. It wasn't the atheists. It wasn't the agnostics that rose up and formed abolition societies. It was Christians that knew that slavery was wrong. And this is a lie that he's helping perpetuate.
0: Right, and, and who is the party, party of Lincoln? That would be the Republican Party. That, that's right. So just just want to get that out there. <laughs> the party of Jim Crow is the Democrat Party. The party of Lincoln was the Republican Party. Uh, and I mean, I even think of, you know, obviously his ideology. I don't know if he was ever technically considered a Republican or not. Uh, John Quincy Adams, would he have been before the Republican Party? He was before the Republican yeah. Party. Uh, but very much a, a, on that same line of thinking, um, John Quincy Adams was known as the hellhound of abolition who went and uh, mentored uh, Abraham Lincoln, Yep. and so I mean you, you look at those kind of things, uh, it, it just doesn't make much sense there what Legan Duncan was pushing. And, it's a left narrative,
1: and, right. and that shows you again, right. rather than the truth of the Bible, and, and let's let the truth of history speak for itself, everything has to be contorted to fit this leftist narrative to make us feel guilty um, because we're Christians, and we should be, and, and of course that plays in, we should be doing this social justice thing, and it was interesting, playing off that, MacArthur comes in, he mentioned, you know, that we, you know, I think we should be doing charity and helping people out. That's our Christian duty. And I'm going, yeah, that's right. And he also says, uh, when we have the, all these new groups of victims that keep popping up, he goes, I can't even hardly keep track of them. Everybody claims to be a grieved and be a victim. What does that remind you of? Well, that's
0: called intersectionality right there, isn't it?
1: It is. And what did Herbert uh, Marcuse say from the Frankfurt School, the socialist Frankfurt School that came to America, and they're the ones that actually formed the idea of cultural Marxism as a political attack on on a culture? Herbert Marcuse said, we need to have a coalition of victims. We need to create Mm -hmm. a coalition of victims. And what MacArthur was saying is exactly, he's understanding exactly what Marcuse wanted, and it's happened. So that's right. cultural Marxism itself. I don't know if, if Pastor MacArthur under, understood the significance of how true he was talking there, but that's exactly the point, and it should be evident to all these men. These are educated men, they, and especially Mueller talked about it, knowing about Marxism. He should know better. That's exactly Herbert Marcuse talking. I mean, his actions in place today. They keep making more and more people that claim to be victims. You know what? You need to travel the world if you think you're a victim in this country. I've seen real right. victimhood in other countries.
0: Well, and from a theological standpoint, which we can't get away from the theological here, obviously, because we're talking about a shepherd's conference as in a pastor's conference is the idea there. Um,
1: <laughs> it attracted a few wolves, it looked yeah, like. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was more like the wolf pack. <laughs> uh, but uh, but I look at this and I, and I go, okay, the gospel, who is the victim in the gospel? Was it the LGBT?
1: Let me think about that. Um I'll have to say no, but I haven't heard from the Gospel Coalition, so when I check with those, I'll, I'll give you a more definitive answer. <laughs> yeah. It, the,
0: the victim of the Gospel is not a coalition of victims. There was one victim in the Gospel, and he his name's God, okay? Uh, Jesus was the one up on the cross. We weren't the ones up on the cross. And this is the big issue with social justice problem, uh, or social ju- social justice gospel, and the church is pushing the social justice idea, is that they are making people the victims when the Bible clearly states That God is the victim. And and, and this is important for us to understand because then we don't understand our sin, okay? No no matter what we get in this life, the person who has the worst life on this earth, and let me tell you, there are some people who have some terrible lives. It's better than what they deserve.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's for for sure. Because what we deserve is what people that are unsaved get when they die. And rather than focus on this group of, of, of whiners, because that's what a lot of it is, it's, it's okay, society has standards. okay. And it used to be our standards were based on the Bible. And when you conform to those standards, society is better. When you don't, there's penalties for that. But people don't want to take responsibility for their actions. They want to be as abhorrent and vile in their actions and behavior and claim that you have to accept it, that we as a church should accept it which means we don't have a standard anymore, which means the Bible isn't what it says it is, that God isn't who he says he is, that his standards don't matter. I mean, that's Friedrich Nietzsche right there. God is dead. Nihilism. No right. purpose to life. No meaning.
0: And, and you know, I, I got something I really got to get off my chest. Is it okay if I get off my chest here, Patrick? You're not talking about your time. You're I'm, I'm not talking about my time. I'm talking okay. About, okay. about something else. Yeah, yeah. Figuratively, yeah. figuratively. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all these people who push this social justice thing Is what it seems like to me. And now it's not all of them. I understand not all of them are from this theological background. Some of them are from different, but the gospel coalition, all these, these guys, Legan Duncan, I believe is Presbyterian. Like I said, Al Mohler. um, And uh, who was the other guy that was there? Uh, Mark Dever.
1: Yeah. Debra's not on a board, but he's closely affiliated with the Gospel Coalition, and And, and this is a group he runs with. Yeah, and I
0: think he was formally on the board. Yeah, I think he was. Perhaps might even be a— Well, he's
1: on Together for the Gospel. He's part of that group.
0: Yeah, and he might even be like an emeritus uh, status with the Gospel Coalition. I can't remember. But all these guys are reformed in their theology. Okay. Like, whatever happened to total depravity? Mm -hmm. Like, like, did they abandon total depravity? I mean, how how can you justify? I mean, this is, this is theological idiocy to go and try to say, hey, we're reformed. We're reformed. Total depravity. There's nothing good in man. Oh, we're the victim. Oh, all these victims out there. I, I just have to get this off my chest. This is stupid. Like, like, you cannot be a Calvinist in pushing social justice. And, and I'm not a Calvinist coming and saying this. That we're not Calvinists no. here. That's, this is not our point to push Calvinism, far be it from that. But I'm sitting here saying, you cannot be an honest Calvinist and push social, just, social justice.
1: Well, there you have the neo-Calvinists, kind of this movement started with the neo-Calvinists uh, compared to the, Calvinists, the it, Calvinists. That's
0: called Marxism. With, <laughs> I, I like, I like to say Calvinism because it sounds cool.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and and the, uh, the old school Calvinists or the uh, Orthodox Calvinist would not like or don't like the social justice movement either. But the neo-Calvinists, um, I don't know how, because we're not Calvinists, how they justify that. But that's that's where the movement, a lot of this comes along. And, they, and the, the neo-Calvinists are called the young, the restless, and reformed. And I believe that's how they kind of self-identify. They're younger. Um, they're not content with the way things are. They want to be active. But yet they claim to still be reformed. Well, what they lose in that process, they lose holiness, they lose reverence for God, they lose traditional orthodoxy, which means they're losing doctrine, which means they're going the ways of the world. So, again, it's that incremental, and if you look at it, it's quite, it's not just incremental, it's moving pretty fast on that side. And, you know, they claim to be against the emergent church. Well, they are exactly part of the emergent church and becoming more and more theologically with the emergent church, which is the Mm -hmm. extreme liberal movement in the country right now. And and really, they can't be in any shape or fashion be considered Christian because the Bible has really literally no meaning to them.
0: Right. It is just a, a sad, sad thing. But today on the Shining Light podcast, we've been talking about the uh, Shepherds Conference 2019 and specifically the question and answer time, uh, which I believe actually the uh, original videos were pulled down off of YouTube because uh, a little bit of shame there apparently from the Shepherds Conference.
1: Um, I, I still been able to find one. I was I, I initially looked at a shorter version and then it was taken down. So, yes, several videos have been taken mm-hmm. down. But I went on there and I found an hour and 10 minute, which was that whole panel. So as of last night, at least, it was still up. And I, I, that's when I watched it last night. Right.
0: And, and to go right along with that, because uh, the day after this came out, uh, I put an article out called A Failing Movement and how John MacArthur has compromised with with social justice or blurred the lines of social justice. Uh, but I started off with a quote that's, that's really important, I believe, from Henry Parsons Crawwell. And it says, um, that Henry Parsons Crowell, who once said it would not be the modernist nor the conservative who is tolerant of the modernist, but the conservative fundamentalist who is tolerant of those who are tolerant of the modernist, that would defeat fundamentalism. Essentially, the person who was tolerating uh, the, the tolerator of the person who was wrong. And this is exactly what John MacArthur is doing. He is tolerating um, Al Moler, Legan Duncan, Mark Dever, who they're very much uh, associated with and pushing or at least on the sideways sidelines cheering social justice. Uh, and that's some some big issues and it's kind of funny because one of the biggest pushbacks I, I heard from this was uh, that's a little bit too soon to make this call, but I, but I want to put something out here. I actually wrote this article two weeks ago, b- before I put before it before the conference. Uh, two weeks before the conference, I just kept forgetting to have my wife check the grammar. And then when that uh, question and answer came up, I did take John MacArthur's quote in an, a quote from MacArthur from that panel, inserted in there. Uh, but that was the only thing that changed, okay, uh, from the article uh, essentially. So, uh, but but what are your thoughts on that article and how the Shepherds Conference and what MacArthur is doing, and and the whole. Uh, roundtable discussion thing or, or panel discussion, how this all plays into that movement to stop social justice, because I think they're all tied together.
1: Well, yeah, I read your article right before it came out, and, and it was it was right on with what's going on. We're looking at a conference where you're claiming to be against social justice, yet you bring these men aboard to be part of your conference. These big names that are going to bring more um, acclaim and, and get more people to watch. So it appears like there's some sort of a commercial entanglement there to get people to watch and make it more popular so I was happy um, that that they did get those guys on stage and ask the questions that obviously Duncan, Moeller and De- Dever did not want to answer I was pretty happy with that so I'm thinking well at least there's a little bit of a win there that they didn't just gloss over the whole thing and we're all good buddies that they actually did ask some hard questions that caused some controversy that, that got some people thinking so that was good but the bottom line movement is when you still associate yourself with people that are for social justice and you claim you're against social justice, as your article said, you start to blur the line and you start to wonder, okay, now now, who's friend and who's foe here? And we are to be divided over doctrine. We're not to be unified under false teaching. We're not to be unified with those that teach falsely, call them brothers, you know, say, well, you know, for years and years you've been doing this. Well, you may have been a brother 20 years ago, but if you've been sliding by the wayside and teaching falsely, and got onto these new movements, you're no longer a brother. And that's the problem. That's what your article addressed, is asking the question, are these guys really acting on their word? Do they believe what they say they believe? The social justice guys do, because they're not really giving any ground back. They're, they're, they're doubling down on what they believe. The, there comes a point, when you have to say, okay, despite past associations or friendships, and despite I like you personally, you're my friend, we have to separate on this issue. And I'm not going to call you a brother when you're intent on, on teaching falsely. Can I be a Christian if I continue to live a life of sin? The answer to that would probably be no. The, the fruit of my life is showing otherwise than what the words of my mouth are saying. These guys that are teaching social justice, read that article Sam put out, see what you think. It's going to be help frame our discussion a little bit in your mind, and to maybe take a look at some of that that panel that we're talking about. It's about an hour and 10 minutes, the Shepherds Conference 2019. Notice the reactions, not just the words, but the body language, especially of Al Mohler. He really kind of lost his composure.
0: Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. Al Mohler did lose his composure, and uh, let me just go ahead and read the quote from MacArthur in this on the panel, because I think that's important uh, for us to see that. Uh, MacArthur said in this panel, I don't think there's any difference theologically with where we stand. We've navigated that together on every possible platform and on every situation, how we respond to the culture around us and the pressures that come on us from the culture, how we navigate those relationships and, uh, that face us. You may have expressed yourself differently on the issue of social justice. Look, these are my friends. These are men who have served Christ and have given their life to him, God uh, to him, has uh, God has given each of you guys a formidable place in the kingdom and have, made, and have had an impact on my life. I'll fight error, but I won't fight my friends.
1: How can you not fight your friends if your friends are the ones that are preaching the error? Error doesn't just happen by itself. It comes through men and women. If you're fighting error, you're fighting the people that are producing and putting that error forth.
0: Yep. And that's, that's the problem. Uh, that's where MacArthur is making this mistake. He needs to draw his line with the Bible, not with his feelings and friendships. And we need to also draw that line with the Bible and not with our feelings, not with our friendships, not with our personal likes or dislikes. We must go back to the word of God and we must stand solidly on the word of God. Well, for the Shining Light podcast, this is Pastor Sam. And Patrick, don't you compromise with the evil Wyatt. Have a great day. Hear him talking about evolution